0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Let's Talk Revenue Marketing podcast, brought to you by the Revenue Marketing Alliance. In today's episode, our host, Yves Chen, talks to growth expert Bernadette McClelland about building a foundation for a winning revenue engine. Welcome, everyone. This is another episode of Let's Talk Revenue Marketing I am your host, Yves Chen, and today we want to talk about building foundation for winning revenue engine. To start out with, I really want our audience, our our listeners, to consider some of these uh, um, facts that uh, we have seen from the recent 2022 State of the Revenue Marketing Study. Um, I've been uh, reading the report and there's been some really interesting um, information we gather from the survey participants. Um, What we think that really from the study, um, half of the participant companies, they achieved their 2022 revenue goals. And uh, when we dive into further into the study, we found out that only 40% of the participating companies have dedicated revenue marketing roles. That's an interesting one. uh, As we know that uh, recently, more and more B2B companies are now moving really from brand achieving to revenue focus from a marketing perspective. Um, Yet that the only less than 40% of the companies that have uh, um, those kind of dedicated roles will understand that methodical approach, you know, to marketing. And um, also that nearly 90% of the companies that uh, um, they actually do have content role, uh, which we know that, you know, content marketing has been around, inbound marketing has been around for more than a decade. And so that is still very much a heavily focused uh, resource company dedicate themselves to and um, however, if you look at the Forrester's report, and it tells us that you know whilst that the company have uh, um, n- almost ninety percent of the company have the content role, but Forrester reporting was tel- telling us that sixty to seventy percent of uh, um, the content produced by B two B marketer they're actually not being used. So um, somewhere there's this in- integration. So you know um, the sales, you know or the other. Uh, so cu- customers and sales, they are not seeing the value for the, those content being pumped out by the content marketers. Um, and then another figure I found really interesting is that half of the company that say that they have below average practice when it comes to sales and marketing alignment. Um, in the last uh, couple of episodes, you know, I have brought um, some experts, you know, from sales as well as marketing Um, They're really, really good at achieving the alignment piece. Uh, We also, you know, talk about a culture. How do you actually, you know, building a winning culture within organization to boost that alignment? We, you know, the fact is that, you know, um, still more than half of the organization in B two B space struggle with uh, uh, that alignment piece, and that alignment piece, you know, is considered really crucial. In terms of helping affecting the the revenue outcome for this organization, so uh, we really, I really want to dive further into this and really try to crystallize for our listeners some of the uh, ways, that tangible ways they can take um, take those actions and to really improve that alignment piece so uh without further ado that i'm really excited today that to bring on our expert uh um guests to our show uh, i want to welcome bernadette mcclellan and bernadette is an expert coach who specializes in personalizing effective messaging using her unique story selling methodology Bernadette offers her clients a unique experience in helping them market as well as a sell in this new connection economy. I love to understand a little bit more about that terminology that she used, connection economy. She's a natural storyteller and a very inspirational speaker on leadership, sales and motivation, including that she has spoken at the B2B marketing events such as Intrigue. Um, She has been a high-performance coach for for Anthony Robbins, sales mentor for Harvard MBA students. And she's also a phenomenal resource for NASDAQ Entrepreneur Center, award-winning author. Um, And she's also a top 50 sales speakers, um, being awarded the top 35 most influential women in sales globally. And her presentation is a game changer for many um, who have feed, uh, provided feedback. She's a high content, she's a very warm person, and a very direct speaker who walks her talk. And she she will you will be remembering her insights uh, well after you leave the room. So without further ado, I want to uh, welcome Ben. That was quite a credential. Welcome, Bernadette, to the show. Thanks so much, Eve. I'll pay you for that later. <laughs> No, I am so excited that that's, you know, um, to bring on guests of your caliber and to talk about this crucial um, topic, as we know that uh, most organizations struggle still with that internal alignment piece. So literally that creating that barrier internally for their own success. So uh, and it's something that we think they control as well. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So I really want to dive into this uh, topic and uh, you being a coach, VSE at the very front line to see, yeah. you know, that very problem play out, right, in so many organizations. So um, I want to really dive into, you know, your journey and uh, um, tap into some of the experiences through your uh, client engagement and, you know, what have you been able to uh, offer to your clients and to be able to fix some of the synergy issues and, you know, really uh, break this, you know, barrier, internal barrier um, to help um, this organization to perform better. So uh, but I want to really dive into um, basic questions. And, um, you know, I think, you know, if I ask, you know, different people within organization, who is responsible for revenue generation, I'm still going to get very different answers.
1: I think a lot of people are still
0: going to say cells, um, BD, BDMs, um, BDRs. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so tell me what you think.
1: Yeah, you know, it's that age-old question, isn't it? And, you know, fingers point, left, right, centre, up, down, everywhere. But, you know, the 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 question to ask, there is a question to ask, and that is what is more important? Is it the molecule? Is it the cell? Is it the tissue? Is it the organ? Is it the body? <laughs> right and and what is it that you know what is most important in that if we use that as kind of like a metaphor or an analogy um, of the human body which piece is more important and the thing is we need every single one of those yeah and and I think from um from a business perspective and I mean i I've heard some of those statistics, especially around, you know, 50% of businesses not reaching target, whether it's 53, 47, whatever it is, half, it's half. And so what's, what's the missing piece and what's most important? And the thing is, it's not just sales. It's right. not just the sales function, it's, yeah. it's the marketing function, it's the customer service function, it's the technical frontline people. I remember, um, you know, I had a number of years at Xerox and right. the technicians, the guys that actually went out to fix the copiers,
0: oh my God. they yeah. were
1: one of our best salespeople. Why? Because they were non-threatening to the the buyer. They were non-threatening to the client and the client could actually would actually tell them stuff they would never tell a salesperson.
0: Yeah, chill too. Yeah.
1: You know, so coming back to you know who is responsible, everyone in the company is responsible, which is why um you know my my business, my consultancy tagline is creating sales-centric cultures. Right, because it is a culture and and every business has a a responsibility, they wouldn't be in business if they didn't look at their profits or, you know, or or their revenue. And so creating an everybody sells culture is super important.
0: Oh my gosh, I can't, I can't agree more. So funny. Uh, we, we both work in the same industry <laughs> many, we did. many decades ago. <laughs> Sorry. We, did. we didn't know each other then either. <laughs> I know, right? We know a lot of mutual people. But exactly. uh, um, yeah, uh, it reminded me because at uh, Lexmart, uh, when I was there, it was a saying that a CEO created this internal program. Our tagline is uh, uh, print less, save more. So, it's a methodology basically to get there. So, it was an internal program that um, all the way, you know, mandated from the CEOs, and everybody needs to be able to articulate our value selling um, value proposition at a barbecue, basically, in the backyard Mm -hmm. barbecue, and including the receptionist will need Mm -hmm. to be able to articulate that. So, every single employee has to go through this internal assignment. To be able to you know really learn this methodology and within you know like a minute elevated P should be able to articulate who I'm working for you know what is the key value prop, <laughs> so that okay. was a fantastic. I think that speaks to your point and you know, because um, that environment was really special to me and the truly that I learned is a self centric culture, what I call the growth centric culture, and Lexma would call it a customer centric culture. Mm. So really is about that everybody learning the same um you know same messaging and you know, how we deliver value to the customer um, so in Lexma I was very, very recognized that every is everybody's responsibility. Mm, yeah. It it is not so in many other organizations that I work for, and as well as you know, some of the clients I work with as well, that's for sure. So I'm glad that you we we both are on the same page. It is mm, everybody's yeah. responsibility. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so why do you think that, you know, um, well, I guess you know, that that awareness itself, it, you know, if it's not there. It it does present that problem, you know, creating silos and mm. um, alignment issue. But I, I want to dive a little bit, you know, further. You know, there's some of the example that you can provide. That you know, why why do you think that alignment is still a problem? Um, you know, we that you you saw in some of the yeah.
1: And, <laughs> I mean, there's probably uh, there's probably a couple of reasons um, that that I've kind of experienced. One is. Um, I mean, we always talk about the you know the the top level um strategy of the business and and what are the objectives. And does the leader at the top have an understanding themselves right. about the necessity for all the functions to speak to each other? Right. That's one. Um secondly, egos come into play. <laughs> you know, it's a power thing. it's a, it's a control thing. Oh, you know i'm I'm responsible for this. Um, I'm not going to share with you, um, right, right. you know. So you've got leadership departmental heads that are vying for control. Um, right. That happens in some areas, um, but the main one, and and you know, we talk about we talk about the fact of getting sales and marketing in the same room together, right? And sorting it out, like, right. come on, guys, let's make sure we're singing from the same hymn book. That won't go very far. That will end up with two parties pushing their agenda
0: right right,
1: so what I believe is missing and what I've seen missing and it's it's you know it's not just across different um, functions but it's also within silos and that is what is our role clarity you know what? What is this? And, and that's a that's a uh, an exercise that I do. I'm currently working with a a global company at the moment where we've just gone through the leadership, top leadership, and got very, very clear right. on the role purposes. Now, when I say role purposes and role clarity, I'm not talking about job descriptions. There, right? Okay, job descriptions is totally separate. But when you get sales and marketing, let's just say that. We go for simplicity here. We get a VP of sales, a VP of marketing. We get them in the same room together and they get very, very clear on the purpose of their role. Okay. You will find the purposes are identical. Right. What then shifts is the key performance activities that each of them execute on to achieve that purpose and there's usually four or five different role purposes right so once you get and you've got them in the room together and you go through this you know this exercise and you get agreement right. so here's the um, thing is when you actually get agreement not just on the purpose but you get agreement on the key performance activities right then from the activities come the KPIs but where
0: most people start
1: from is the KPIs
0: right right does that make sense? Yeah, it does, yeah, it does, yeah. Because uh, the cap- and most uh, uh, strategic sales units are still very number driven. So in of day is like, you know, the, the revenues and your average sale values and the velocities and they start from there, right? And then um, it, it becomes really confluent. It, it's, I don't know, like, you know, it, it's not very clear down to the, then the, you know, if you work backwards and then towards the top of the funnel, and then the um they they look at the marketing is still really focused on MQL, which you know um is a very um top line kind of like a metric, which it doesn't um, really get to that behavioral type of a metric. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: And, and and it's like it's like anything. I mean, you know, um, Stephen Covey, I think it was Stephen Covey, did a, a model, the be do have model. It's you know, leadership would understand that leaders understand this, managers may not, but leaders certainly do. And yeah. that is if you, you know, you there's the be, the do, and the have. And most people focus on, you know what, I want to have these numbers, I want to have these results. And yeah. as a result of that, you guys are gonna do this. And then when you do that, then you will be whatever. But if you start with the B and you start with the behavior, then you're naturally going to do the things you need to do. And that's when the results will come. And it's exactly the same in sales and marketing. It's like if you're driven by MQLs or SQLs, if you're driven by the numbers, that's going to generate a different kind of behavior.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Then when you align with a purpose to begin with and I'm not talking purpose here as woo woo fluffy stuff I'm actually talking about purpose from the from the perspective of why does your role exist right what is the purpose of a director of marketing or a VP you know a VP of marketing what is the purpose of your role and it's not to get numbers
0: that's right. one of
1: them but it's not the top one
0: does that oh, make sense? Do it does, yeah. But uh, I have in my mind. I think what I know it should be instead the number. But w- what do you think it should be? The the top top line that um, instead of number, what should they focus on?
1: Well, I think we've just both given examples. I mean, you've given an example where um, the CEO of of Lexmark, I think, was said that you know print less, sell more, but it was based right. on customer satisfaction. Um, yeah. yours, yours was Lexmark or Minolta, I was Xerox. And, right. um, you know, for the alignment of sales and marketing for the whole company, for Xerox, it was customer delight. It was customer first and everything went through that filter. Yeah. So, you know, without getting bogged down in, in customer satisfaction, which is key, sales and marketing, you know, what is the purpose of their role?
0: Right
1: the purpose yeah. of their roles uh, would be different overarching it would definitely be you know customer experience customer delight whatever it is that you want yeah. uh, but you know there would be there would be different purposes so for the the, the vp of sales it is to build and lead a high performing sales team right and, and what does that mean it means right. it could it would mean liaising with marketing marketing would have something similar what would what would some of the key performance activities be liaising with sales so what does that mean right let's get agreement on what that means
0: right no you're right like I think that you know putting to a symbol turning my head and you know I'll use an example um Qantas you know was uh, um I don't know whether it is still because I left that, that environment for so long. And um, Qantas was a customer of the Lexmarks. So we were trying to sell the MPS, you know, the management uh, solution yeah. into Qantas. And then what the salespeople uncovered is, you know, the mo- ultimate, the most important um, metrics for Qantas was trying to bring the um, basically per invoice sell, uh, uh, cost down to and below, that is what really matters to them. They care about that business outcome. So then, you know, what really is then um, Lex Martin then, you know, um, go down to look at the behavior required, activities required to get to that level. So, you know, and, and, you know, 10 obvious, you know, is uh, using some smart technology to automate some of the uh, process, right? The uh, accounts payable people when they are processing invoices, you know, um, the, within the Qantas world, they calculate all the costs uh, related to process the invoices and they go down to per invoice, we have to keep the cost down to $3.60. And then, you know, really that the, uh, the, the what Lexma, the I guess, I guess the secret sauce is really, you know, to dive into then what sort of activity and behavior need to happen to get to that level and working, you know, all the way, along the chain to then, you know, um, to the top of my uh, funnel. So you can work, you know, from that point of view, you know, that number still helps, but then it's really more important is peel the onion, right? It's really, okay, so we want to get to this kind of business outcome and then might maybe number driven, but then what needs to happen to achieve that outcome, right? right. So, um right. and it's not just even the internals, all the way through to the customer side. Because mm. we need to actually, in fact, changing behavior in their organization as well.
1: Absolutely.
0: Absolutely.
1: And and don't get me wrong, revenue, revenue generation is one of the role purposes of a VP of sales or marketing. Sure. It, it, it's definitely one of the five role purposes. Um, you know, and so you, when you break that apart, you're right, it goes right the way through. And so what are those key performance activities? Um, that must have to happen, and what are the metrics? Besides, then some of those metrics, some of those key performance activities, right. may not have metrics because they're behavioural. Right. But then it's up to the leader to actually monitor that and hold their people accountable. So the other part is, you know, if we're talking about, you know, what is an issue with these numbers that you mentioned earlier in the in the piece. Uh, in a lot of cases it's lack of accountability right so it's lack of clarity it's lack of accountability it's lack of being able to have um conversations that are inclusive right um you know so yes there's you
0: know there's there's
1: tactics involved but there's also um behavior
0: yeah. And, and yeah, you're right. Like going by that uh, start, I was saying that 90%, nearly 90% of organizations being surveyed, they have content role.
1: So mm.
0: uh, the, the content is not being, not very effective. That's because yeah. um uh, to me, it's like, you know, the purpose, go back to your point, the purpose yeah. point, right? So uh, what does this content need to, to, you know, like to do in terms of, yes? Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, um. Whether it's yeah changing that behavior, right? Like so. You know, this piece of content need to you know affect uh, some sort of action. You know, is that affecting the right action or response, reaction as well, right? If it's not, then yes. You know, customer sales, which is uh, this this piece of uh, asset is useless for me.
1: Yeah, and that's that huge numbers for the content. Um, and what I've found, and so, you know, if we're talking content, you know, in the past it used to be brochures, you know, content see. was pretty much brochures. And and so marketing created the brochures or did the advertising or whatever they did. But, you know, from, from a sales perspective, it was, you know, marketing give us some brochures, give us some collateral. Right. And then we'll go out and we'll push our product or our service, and we'll we'll talk to the brochure, right? And then the internet happened, and and and, and this is where when I talk about the connection economy, you know, we've come from, um, you know, we just need to look at the past economies. We've gone from you know, hundred farmer, and we've gone through the agrarian economy, and the you know, farming, and um, you know, all of that. Then it was um, you know, the industrial economy where we started to mass produce widgets and sales went door knocking and that's kind of where marketing did the the pretty stuff and sales went and and marketed. Then of course the internet and the knowledge economy and now we've got you know our buyers now know more than us. Right. And Google's there so our buyers you know uh, uh, the marketing has shifted now.
0: Yeah.
1: And so this whole content development and content curation um you know and we've got platforms now from a business perspective like LinkedIn right and then you're looking at sales and you're looking at content and they're just not on they're just not doing it sales aren't curating content right sales people aren't curating content marketing right. might be making all this content a it's not being used yeah as much as it could be and right. what is the purpose behind the content piece?
0: Right. Uh, why do you think that's the case? Is that simply because marketing is not out in the marketplace, understanding that customer behaviors and understand the, this, you know, the sales transaction, the nature of the child transaction, what's needed. And um, therefore, you know, the result is, you know, all these uh, content is not really uh, being resonating and, not not even by sales yeah you know it's uh, how often do how often do marketing sit with a
1: salesperson, go out on the road with them I know we're zoom now but you know where I'm coming from um you know how often do marketing actually understand the boots on the ground side of things right right so there's that part and having different conversations rather than and and I know that you know there's 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 a belief that kind of like marketing sit in their ivory tower and just do what they think is best, mm-hmm. um, and they don't really got a handle on what the salespeople have to go through. Um, so I don't you know so there's that part of it, but then the sales side of it is this comes back to behavior as well, right? Is sales some salespeople just it's it's work it's added work.
0: Right. Yeah. They don't see the value there for that. They don't want to engage marketing. And yeah, I've definitely seen that. And the the, yeah, you know, 100%, the the best practice, you know, scenarios are happening again, back to Lexma. I was, you know, as a marketer, I actually sit with sales. You know, I didn't sit with marketing team because I was the channel marketing managers and I actually sit with the channel sales. So they are my best buddy. I actually, you know, I uh, spent far more time with these folks and very, very lucky. I, I built out enough trust and a lot of salespeople mm-hmm. actually did take me out and which yeah. is eye-opening how deals are done. <laughs> And some of the tough conversation, you know, I've been able to say, oh, my gosh, you know, they can speak to their resale clients like these and pretty amazing. <laughs> and, and I got to the inside really what the reseller they care about and what they see their customer care about as well.
1: And, and that's a critical part is what what is important to your customer right. to build their business with their buyer. Right. So that's a kind of like a missing piece. But if we also bring in the fact that you know I jump on websites, I I jump on you know uh, websites to look at clients or to look at prospects or whatever it may be. Um, I I look at collateral, I look at that, and it is still it is still really technical or it's still me 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 focused. Wow. Um, and and story is something that I'm just so big on. Um, and, and there's no story being leveraged. And, and if there is, the story is, you know, you might be talking about a success with a client, but it's still focused on you, and you're couching your success by dropping a client's name, but it's still all about you. Does that make right. sense? So, yeah. And, yeah. You know, and so what is the point of telling that marketing story? So what is the point? So you know, there's that side of it as well. And I think there's a lot of marketers out there that are still very much company focused, product focused, yeah. um, and, and aren't really leaning in to the value that they may provide from an outcome basis. It's got to be outcome focused for the buyer.
0: Right. No, no, I, I, I hear you. So I hear that, you know, there are two barriers you just mentioned, right? One is uh, do the leaders in the organization understand that we need to bring sales, marketing and customer services all into the same room, right? That's number one. And number two is, uh, it seems like, you know, that trust, right. Between sales and marketing. And, you know, obviously, um, if it's not there, then you're going to have, you literally build these internal barriers, you know, to, um to to the outcome was that you know your customer understandings and uh really you know um down to the key performance you know uh behaviors and then you might actually be on the wrong mark so the the, the million dollar question is how how do you, you know most of our listeners on this show is are revenue marketers and so it's, it's you know it's on the marketing side so um how can you um, suggest it to market our listeners to kind of break through these, you know, two challenges? One is, you know, if, if the leaders really not quite there yet, they are not understanding, you know, to, to really, in uh, uh, fact, growth and, in fact, uh, optimize the results. And you need to bring everybody together and, you know, orient your process and your um, all your activities around the customer what what we call the buyer's journey right and um, second thing is that how do you actually break through and build this trust between sales and marketing
1: role clarity has to be on the table right. there has to be agreement as to the role purposes of each of the, the leaders and their functions okay that has to be agreed upon by both parties so it has to be um, or even bringing customer service in whatever what which other you know other functions so there has to be agreement around the table that yes we agree that that is the purpose of your role
0: right
1: and you're saying that these are the key performance activities that are going to enable you to achieve the purpose yes we agree with those key performance activities
0: yeah
1: how can we help how this is how we can dovetail, talent. It. so it's quite a, it's, it's a big conversation. Yeah. Um, it, it's not just coming in and whiteboarding and saying this is what we do and this is what you do. Um, right. It's got to be collaborative. So, a you've got to create a culture with the leadership right. where that is a collaborative, forward moving um, focus on on the outcome for the business, and right. we agree on the outcome: profitable, customer set, whatever that may be. Um, secondly it's to understand you know I'm thinking now from a process perspective because if you get clear on on the purpose and then then, you know one of the the stages after that would be okay what is what is our value proposition if we all agree on our role purpose or our value proposition comes first we all agree and you know you mix it up however you want to work that but it's like what's the value proposition and really understanding that it's each of those functions, almost understanding each other's numbers. Right. You know, you're talking about 50% of businesses not making target. What does that mean?
0: Right.
1: What does that look like? Is that just salespeople not making their target? Is you know, is there's other targets within the business that all relate to revenue.
0: Right.
1: Um, so what does that mean? Um, and then for I think for each, let's just stick with marketing and sales, you know, for sales. To be able to not just understand how they sell and the methodology that they use, whether it's spin, whether it's solution selling, whichever, that's only one little part of it. The main part that's missing in so many businesses, which links into marketing, is actually the sales process. You know, what's our milestones in the sales process? Lead generation's one of them. That's kind of the first one in a sales process is, okay, guys, what's the top of your funnel? Where are you generating your leads from? Right. What do you need help with to generate your leads? Uh, is it referrals? Is it understanding your barbecue, you know, what you mentioned before, your barbecue <laughs> message? Right. Is it? Is it podcasts we need to go on? Do we need right. to review our website? marketing. Can we get some help with you on, let's sit down and review the website together. Um, you know where I'm coming from? Yeah,
0: yeah, totally. Yeah.
1: Yes. So, you know, from a sales process perspective, lead generation, that is where the handshake happens. And so that's where alignment has to happen and agreement has to happen because then what happens is the sales guys then go to the next milestone, which is okay. Now we've got to prospect and, and make contact with that client. Yeah. And so, how can marketing help us do that? Marketing, can you give us some data that you found on with research in relation to that particular um, demographic or that particular industry?
0: Right.
1: Um, Help us with some messaging. Um, And and it's so it's a it's a handshake. It's it's collaborative. Then the salesperson goes to the meeting. So what has to happen in that part of the meeting? You know, yeah, sure, trust rapport yeah all of that and then it's like well how do you language out what's our unique value proposition when we're actually sitting in front of the buyer um and you know then we move on and, and the next stage typically is you know you have a successful series of meetings um you know bring marketing in um and then it's proposal time you know we're going to put something together yeah and so um you know for a bigger picture marketing what do you think about this yeah. Do it, does it have to happen all the time? No, but it's definitely that um, collaborative partnership inside the business where everybody wins.
0: No, I think it's so good that you use the word collaborative approach and because um, you, you speak to sales and sales leader, individual sales and, you know, on a day to day basis. And so this is what you are really advocating and really getting to say, hey. Opening up, bridge, and then you know, you utilize you know marketing resources and bring them to the table, right? And and on the contrary, you know, I am also the same, you know, like uh, about speaking to the marketing folks, and um, then you guys need to be braver, you know, more brave, and then step up and then you know, reach out, and because if you don't understand the sales process as well, um, you wouldn't understand that you know all the little activity, um, Correct. it's. Re- by the sales reps out there in the field yeah. in order to, you know, convert the customers, you know, along this, you know, um, the, the, their buying journey, right? And therefore, you will not produce the right um, assets or, you know, support tools and to the yeah. sales. Yeah, so, so reach out. And I recall that when I started out with uh, Lexma in the first 90 days, I literally just book a meeting with individual sales reps, every single one of them, and sit down and understand their uh, territory, understand their business portfolio. And so I see them as internal customer.
1: Absolutely, absolutely internal customers. And that is just as important as the external customers. And, you know, when I was at Xerox and Kodak and Computer Associates, so, I mean, I was across those three large companies, all three of them, would would have field accompaniment. And what that meant was, you know, the the um we would partner up for the day. You know, right. I may have the customer service manager, the the um engineering that might be marketing. And it was this cross-functional thing where we not only had fun together, we got to know each other as individuals, but there was value, you know, from a sales perspective, you can really only talk about sales you know, for so long (laughs) with your buyer. But if you can bring in and introduce another resource, such as the marketing manager, bang, that takes the heavy lifting. The two other people are now having a really valuable conversation, your marketing manager and your client. You're there listening and you're learning, but the value to the buyer also is like, wow, okay, you know what? I can now say different things to somebody different.
0: Right, and
1: I've got different questions, different perspectives being input of being put in front of me. So yeah. you know that's that's why it's really important that these internal relationships are fostered. Right. Um, you know, and and once that communication or that um, relationship rather begins, you're right. Being brave is you know there's a fear that human beings have, and that is the fear of looking
0: stupid. the
1: fear of not being seen as enough
0: yeah that's true
1: and and so I'm not going to put my hand up and I'm not going to reach out to marketing because I'm sure they think I probably should
0: know all this stuff right you're right yeah yeah.
1: Uh, yeah and so that's where i say ego comes into it as well
0: yeah so, as a culture to a large extent because yes. i think that you know uh in that environment uh back in the Lexma days you know there really is a no judgmental culture so no no question is stupid yeah. and you know, there's only stupid answer to be honest and so um you know we are encouraged you know to really um diagnose you know the challenges you know um and even we get around you know we put on the table have a debate and so you know that really fostered that culture to have open communication and really dive into what really matters yeah so um and, and i i think like sin you know um you talk about the the leadership right level you know if they lack of the understanding Um, sometimes you can manage up as well. So, you know, it's it's up to the line manager. You understand your roles and then, you know, you you understand, you know, you really require all the other individuals and um, people on the top, people, your peer to be able to, you know, be uh, laser focused on the right activities to effect changes and, um, you know, within your client client side, right? So same goes with the uh, upwards. I would say also, be brave. And one of the a little example with the channel thing I mentioned is, you know, um, because of that exercise I had with um, 22 sales in our channel sales team, and, you know, I understand, you know, thoroughly their pain points down to the day-to-day basis. And, you know, um, we ended up, you know, created, we need SDR to kind of, you know, help these, you know, folks to, to really pre-qualify and um so internally i was able to you know uh use those knowledge i have from the sales reps and then build the business case I actually forced all the way to the vp in us and I created a five sdr roles that mm. was never never uh being budgeted for but uh literally that you know and and you gotta go dive into the level like you said earlier earlier saying that you gotta understand the numbers the salespeople's number because why um the psychology right now um the higher up they care about those top line metrics what yeah. is it gonna bring me bring me in terms of revenue why am i spending on five headcounts to support this team right so um if you can actually truly understand the the numbers you know salespeople need to change it it becomes a matrix you can build out to justify your use case business case internally Hey, if I create these, you know, um individual roles and I can effect down to the revenue bottom line, we can, you know, do so much more, right? Exactly. So yeah. So so I guess you know what I'm hearing is, you know, um really take you know proactive actions. So marketers need to really understand the business side, so the portfolio of the sales folks and their process and the the behaviors needed um therefore the activities you know along yeah. that buyer's journey you know like um i almost envision that this gigantic you know buyers um uh journey map and you will map out to that you know every step of the way um this the activities from marketing from to sales and all of that and all the way to like a retention piece customer success as well to build out you know that you know um as a starting point but to get to that you got to build trust and you got to brace internally to be able to have those dialogue um to get out to that level right
1: yep absolutely um yeah i I totally agree and and you know one of the questions you asked earlier you know what's going to make the difference there has to be that role clarity um and then within the silos themselves there has to be accountability processes. there has to be milestones right it, it just can't be you know it can't just be you know another a, and the worst part about from a sales perspective is that the other divisions in a company they just assume and see the sales being made and know that there's money being made off the back of that and think it's so easy right right and and and, and it's not It's um, not. <laughs> and so, but, but sales because there's you know sales need to trust marketing just as much as marketing needs to trust sales
0: right right yeah so a lot of education requires so what you're doing is absolutely critical <laughs> to influence the sales folks is to come on yeah. and say hey you know this is a crucial utilize the resources around you right yeah um, yeah and
1: I mean um you know, one of the the things that like I mentioned earlier is story is is so important, but not just from being able to tell a great customer story, success story, not just from that perspective. But if you, if you can, um, and so one of the the differentiators of, of my approach with the story selling approach is telling stories by using mental models. Now, what I mean by that, and this is where marketing would absolutely love this, um, is if for you to be able to do the back end work with marketing and say, marketing, let's put together a couple of story scenarios where we can collaborate with the buyer and we can draw and capture our buyer's story in right. a mental model, whether that is a progression value ladder, which is always demonstrating a why, whether it's a two-by-two matrix, which is always demonstrating the what, or whether it's a Venn diagram, which always demonstrates a how. And so marketing, let's sit down, let's understand our client, our buyer, let's collaborate together, let's create a couple of models that our salespeople can go out and a bit like a cooking show, you know, we've just kind of (laughs) pre-made these, but you're sitting with the buyer and you're collaborating with the buyer together, but you know what you're going to put on the table. But before you do, you just dialogue it with the buyer and then, hey, presto, the buyer will agree with the model that you've put on the table. Why won't they? Because they've given you all the stories. They've given you their important stories and that's what's missing as well
0: yeah no yeah you, you you're talking about the then the application piece you know, 100%. You? yeah yeah w- without that you know um internal understanding that you know really aligned understanding of your bias and um you, you couldn't even get to that level right because uh, um it simply just don't you, you mm-hmm. have siloed the view basically yeah yeah so yeah you know i i wonder because uh, um you know, like uh, um, when we talk about earlier, use a sales process. And a lot of the time that our human ma- mind, right, uh, mentally from marketer point of view, uh, marketer, you simply check out and using that sales process, mm-hmm. we have marketing process. Yeah. To, you know, is there a need in the organization to really change even the language we use? Well, personally, I like to call it Revenue generation, because then you know it, it's no longer about hey sales marketing is hey rene- It's both of our, our our responsibility. We're gonna generate revenue, and mm-hmm. then if we use the word revenue generation instead of sales marketing, then my the next question will be where do I play within these you know rounds of revenue generation. Instead of like, where do I play? Uh, and I know, where do I play marketing process only, right? So mm-hmm. it really break down that silo, mm-hmm. even by just simply, you know, changing the lingo you use within the team. Because yeah. yeah, you know, like uh, when you when you talk about earlier that responsibilities and accountability, I can't agree more. And in my consulting, you know, like I go out to clients and the lingo that I um use is basically RASI. So, you know, I look at it, you know, say um, from the buyer journey point of view, and once I map out all these, you know, behavioral activities and needed, and then, you know, I break it down to them from internal our view, these are the tasks we have to perform to be able to deliver those activities, right? Therefore, drive those, you know, uh, behavioral changes externally. All, all internally as yeah. well. So um, I use a, a little tool that I have used is RACI. So I basically, you know, um, map out all this you know, down to the activity level. Who is responsible? Who is accountable? Who is who needs to be consulted? Who simply need to be informed? Right. So to be able to kind of build out almost like an internal service level agreement. So, mm-hmm. you know, you have a internally, then this is, it's, it's almost like your operational guideline internally. Hey, now, um, you know, we established that understanding, then let's break it down to, you know, like a, a task level and then map with the person who's you know most you know fitted to perform that task and then you know um then build out the RASI because you know some people uh the, the other stakeholders still need to know what's going on, mm-hmm. not necessarily making those decisions. Correct. Or perform the actual task to deliver those activities, right? I know you and I have been working on these models, you know, to to work on you know basically this revenue engine playbook. I Are think you- the Purpose is a hundred percent that. So you know, um, yeah, it, the, the hardest part is obviously building that trust. That's without a doubt. Because you know, you know, framework and all that. you can lean on consultant like us. So obviously we can guide through. But the soft skill part is the hardest part. You know, I've deal with so many kind of middle marketing managers, and their uh, challenges. They are still afraid to step out their their cubicles to reach out to the sales folks, to really, you know, champion this culture change with their leadership team. and It it, it can be scary, you know, because you are, you feel like, you know, you're stepping the stone, uh, stepping on the toe of someone else's, you know, um, their, their feel, right? And, you know, how would I be I don't know, like a person, I just said, be brave, really be brave yeah
1: that's, uh, yeah, I agree. and 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 you know coming back to the story selling circles, I know I just talked about the mental models, but mindset uh, is is another component of the story selling circles because it's okay. the stories you tell yourself.
0: Um, and,
1: and so you know it's not just the stories you tell your buyer, but it's the stories you tell yourself about the buyer, about the deal, about the idea that you want to share. What right. are the stories that you're telling yourself? And, and those three stories typically come down to your identity. And, uh, you know, it's like, what's stopping you? What, what You know, where's that person who needs to step up? Is, is it a fear of authority? That the stories that you tell yourself is a huge part of that. And if you've got people in your organization that are sitting in their cubicles and they've got these great little ideas, but they're not sharing them for fear of what people might think or stepping on toes or or something like that, or it's not my responsibility or that is going to impact the business as well.
0: Yeah, not so very true. Yeah, so uh, another tip I guess I can give to our listener is be brave, you know, beyond that, how do you be brave? You know, the the, the way I look at it, because I treat our uh, colleagues, and internal customers, I always look at it, how can I um, generate the results needed for you. So yes. when I go out, you know, with that approach, every single sales want to talk to me. And so, you know, human psychology, marketers should know most about that, right? We, we trend, yes. you know, to about psychology, human, you know, uh, human, uh, human psychology, consumer psychology, so, you know, treat that the same way internally, you know, like uh, really understand that what's in it for each individual within your team, what is their motivation, what drive their behavior, Yeah, even to the point to your leadership team. CEO, they care about sets of metrics, it's very different to CFO, COO, CRO, right? So understand that what's in it for them when you go on with that approach a thing, you know, conversation will open up. I, t- I couldn't agree more. We haven't even talked about this behind
1: the scenes either. But the third component of the story selling circles, it's so I've already shared with you the internal stories that you tell yourself, yeah. the external yeah. stories, the mental models that you tell others. Yeah. And the third one are the essential stories that you elicit from other people. Right. And that is your ability to not just, sell or tell but to coach and so to get those stories out of other people is like how can I generate a result for you share right. with me you know what is most important in your role Mr CFO tell me about that you know and there's there's this whole coach them don't yes. just sell them coach the buyer right. right coach your internal client right coach them not not just tell them or you know push on them your ideas or try to you know persuade them to do something that you want them to do it's have this coach approach and that's the third that's the third you know the third lot of story selling circles that's the third um circle in the Ven.
0: that 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 is amazing I, i'm fortunate enough obvious you know um attended that 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 workshop you ran and uh, um even you know that workshop has helped me so much in breaking my barriers internal psychology but barriers and Um, because, you know, I've always been in the marketing roles and now I'm entrepreneurs and, you know, it was really, really tough for me to step out, you know, to sell my services, sell myself, right? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um,
0: Yeah, and I got to say that the training that, you know, um, that you provided that really helped me to um, break down that fear because, you know, once you understand that the end goal, this is what I'm trying to achieve and, you know, like it's, yeah, you know, this is just necessary. These are the steps I have to take. You know, absolutely. there's no mental blockage anymore because yeah, I switch cool. the story that is telling myself yeah, inside.
1: Exactly. That's
0: yeah. cool. That is really cool. how how do how do you know our listener, if they interested to find out more about your programs, yeah. you know, um, because I certainly found that it, it's it's an absolutely phenomenal in terms of a changing mindset and um you know the, the story we tell ourselves to our colleagues to our customers. And um, you know, and therefore changing that behavior. How how yeah. do people find out more about your program?
1: Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. Look, I mean, I'm I'm going to keep it real simple. <laughs> um, <laughs> LinkedIn. So, I mean, I think we will go LinkedIn. Um, but <laughs> I've just started a YouTube channel. Um, called at at the Story Seller. So it. that's generating yeah um I'm really happy with the the way that I'm marketing that there you go <laughs> so for you it was kind of getting brave about selling for me it was getting brave about marketing right <laughs> <I'm laughs> we both need to what I would I would encourage uh, your listeners to do and I'm really excited about this this um my my new book is at the editors now due okay. for release the end of May beginning of June um it's called Shift and Disrupt okay stop selling widgets start selling wisdom gotcha and I want you listeners to go to a simple url shiftanddisrupt.com shiftanddisrupt.com and um and just pop your name there and you're going to get access to all the resources when the book launches
0: that, that sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's great. So, um, we, I know we have talked a lot and uh, I'm trying to jam pack, you know, get a lot of tips <laughs> from for our listener and, um, you know, like we're coming to to time to really wrap up. And, uh, um, I, I want to ask a question, which I ask on every episode to our guests, you know, um, if there is, you know, you can predict the future, what would you guess to be the next big thing for leaders to help achieve this alignment story selling, <laughs> <They're> selling. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. leaders, seriously leaders need to be able to really wrap their arms around the concepts of psychology right coaching skills mental models neuro linguistics and story so, you know, when you can start to to shift your thinking outside the box, yeah. you'll get so much more engagement and so, mi- so much more loyalty because it comes back to your totally understanding the intrinsic value of what gets people up on a Monday morning. And when you can do that, your results will will just happen.
0: Right. No, that that that's a great advice. Yeah. That's a, um well hopefully our listeners will be brave enough to pass on this podcast episode to your senior um you know management colleague. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it'd be great that you know to, to it really has to be a cross-functional, has to be, you know, cross organizational approach. Um, you know, as the saying says, we are the we are, we are as weak as our weakest link. Correct. And uh, you know, it doesn't matter which function it is. You know, I ran a campaign back in uh, Minota, you know, it was really about, you know, the moto, motorcycle racing. And the ad that we ran was basically, you know, that, you know, basically these uh, um X-rays, you know, pictures of a motorcycle, every little engine and cockwheels and screws, everything matters. You cannot produce a high performing motor motor vehicle without every little pieces Centers, yeah. you cannot create a high performing organization revenue generation team without every little pieces coming together yeah, so to, to 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 know that what pieces you need to put them together that is absolutely um uh, out of um uh, out of skill
1: yeah absolutely totally agree yep and wrapping it up molecule okay. cell tissue or organ <laughs>
0: Yeah, back to you. We have exactly the same, <laughs> same analogy right that's awesome you know um thank you so very much uh benedict and uh, um i that's you know provide us you know jam-packed advice and then you know through your experience and um you know now you're teaching the um harvard mba students and i think our listeners are absolutely fortunate to be able to uh, um tap into your skills and uh, um your experience Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully that it can, you know, we can help them to apply some of these, you know, um, little Absolutely. tips. <laughs> yeah. But thank yeah. you so much again for coming on the show. And uh, I certainly look forward to reading your book. Yes. And, uh, um, yeah. Thank you again to come on the show. And as always, I want to thank our listener for tuning in. Um, I am your host, Yves Chen, and this is another episode of Let's Talk Revenue Marketing. So until next time, keep talking about revenue marketing. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to check out our other
1: episodes for even more insights into the world of revenue marketing.